1: Oh, thank you to the praise team. Love that song. It's a good one, right? You are enough. I love that. Coming to church, being in this place, it's filling, isn't it? And one of the questions I ask is, is Jesus enough for our community? Because we are Jesus' hands and feet in this community, Right? So what does it mean for our community to have enough? What does that look like? For me, it looks a lot like last week. It's one of my favorite things that we do here is that we understand that church is not just coming and sitting in a building and receiving amazing worship, but it's also giving. I love that we once a year say the church has left the building, that, that instead of attending a service, we are of service. And so that's what happened last week with our annual Connected event, and I'd like to show you the difference you made here in just a minute, but I have to tell you something. This year, it was a little stressful. Am I right, Anderline? Yeah, we got up to about, uh, what was it, about six weeks before the event, and everything fell apart everything we thought we had lined up, boom. And we were scrambling, we're like, do we just not have it this year? And then God provided. God provided because he connected us with an amazing organization, an amazing organization called Four Roots. I know that most of you, at least I hope, most of you aren't dealing with food insecurity. But if we just walked a mile down the road, we'd run into it. There are people that do not have access to produce the way that most of us do. And so Four Roots really addresses that issue. And last week, we supported their phenomenal nonprofit organization in increasing awareness about that and also raising money so that they can actually take vans out into these communities and provide produce. So let me show you what you did last week. Connected accomplishes two really important things. Number one, It connects our church family with amazing organizations where they can volunteer. So it's not just a once a year event, it's an opportunity to be of service year round and to get to know different organizations that you can serve. And number two, it lets our community know that we at Whole Life love them, we care about them, and we are there to serve them. That it's not just about what happens in our building, but it's us about being that church without walls outside the walls of our physical building. The Whole Life Church has been just an incredible partner in this entire project today. From the music to the volunteers to just helping hands everywhere we turn, we couldn't be more thankful for Whole Life Church and all the the things they brought today.
2: We are so excited to be contributing back to our community. We got to raise so much funds for Four Roots Initiative on food security. So it's been such an amazing time to see our church family and the community come together around this beautiful initiative.
1: We couldn't have done this event without Whole Life Church being here, and I, I can't tell you how thankful we are. I think
0: it's important too that you know, our volunteer base comes from a church. You know, we started this through a ministry, and the whole farm itself is being done through our foundation to, to feed and to nourish people who need who need love and 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 food and, and spirit. So, you know, being able to partner with the uh, the church coming out and doing it's just it's such a
1: huge blessing. So, thank you very very much. I want to thank you for that. Yeah. Four Roots was able to raise $60,000 last last week. And I want you to know we were the ones that provided the music entertainment if you will. And I when I talked to them, I said, "Now, you do understand we're doing Christian music, right?" And they're like, "Yes." And said, "And it's a community event." They said, "Awesome." and they were just wonderful to partner with. And, uh, and I can't tell you like, we have received so much feedback from the community. Like there's some things that we learn on our own. Like one of the things we learned this year is we need to communicate a little bit better with you on how things are going, what's up. But what we've received back communicated to us from the community was powerful. There are organizations that we kind of approached to do some partnerships with before. And they're like, nah, I don't know about a church. They were at this event. And they're like, hey, can you think about doing for us what you did over there? We're interested. So I want to thank each one of you who've been involved and really are that church without walls, actively engaged in meeting the needs of our community. And this is another way that we do it with the barn party. If uh, you haven't signed up to volunteer to help with this, we have over 2,000 people that will show up next Saturday. And this is the this is way that we introduce ourselves to our community. We've got the Ivies over here. We've got uh, Vita right over here. We've got the whole Advent Health uh, campus back here. And we've invited them all. So I need a little help. Okay? Yeah, awesome. So you can uh, sign up out in the uh, lobby. You also have something on your, on your chair. And you also uh, have a QR code up there. So there's just so many ways for you to. You know, get plugged in there. This week, we are starting a new series on the 23rd Psalm. Today, I'm only going to do the first three verses of Psalms 23. We're only going to talk about the first three verses today. And then over the next... Four weeks, so this week included in that. Over the next four weeks, we're going to cover the entire Psalm. So today, verses 1 through 3, if you're not familiar with it, I'll go ahead and read it to you right now. Psalm 23, the first three verses, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I've called today's sermon, follow me to soul restoration. Because I want to suggest to you that a lot of us are a little bit like this sheep. Did you know, this is called a cast sheep. And what that means is when a a sheep will be laying down and it will roll onto its back. And once that happens, it cannot get up again. It cannot, it physically cannot do it. It is stuck. And what's even more sad about this, this, you can see the shepherd helping this uh, sheep back up onto its feet. But what's even more sad about this is that if that shepherd had not helped that sheep within 24 hours, it would have died. Because on its back, gas is built up inside of its stomach. And if it's not righted, it will die. And it absolutely cannot right itself. The other sad thing is that if you, if you saw the whole clip of the entire video that's there, there are other sheep running around, but they don't know what to do for that sheep. That sheep needs a shepherd. It needs somebody to write them or it is deadly. Now, just be honest for just a second. You ever feel like that sheep? You ever feel like you find yourself in a place that you can't get yourself out of. And you feel like the world has forgotten about you. You know, everybody else is living their life around you. And you're kind of like, help, and they're like, yeah. Thoughts and prayers. (laughs) And, you know, while I definitely don't want to say that prayer is not important because it is, Sometimes we need somebody to push us back onto our feet, right? And we feel stuck, and we, and we also then wonder, where's God? Has the good shepherd forgotten about me? Am I just one of those sheep that's not worthwhile? Maybe my wool's not, you know, the best quality wool or something, or maybe I'm not, maybe I'm just not worth being remembered by the shepherd. You know, the the pain that most of us experience that's the most painful has nothing to do with our physical circumstances. It has to do with our soul circumstances. You know what I mean by that? It's the soul. It's that inner part of us. And there's a reason why this is the part that hurts the most. It's because at the very beginning in Genesis 2... The Bible records, then the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living person. And that word person, if you look in Psalm 23 where it says, he restores my soul, the same word that's used for soul in Psalm 23 is used for person in Genesis 2-7. So what I'm trying to say to you is that what What happens? God has to breathe into this body that he's formed in order for it to become a living person, a living soul. And so we literally need God's living breath being breathed into us for our souls to be complete. We need God. We may think we don't. Sheep don't always think they need a shepherd. But we do But the problem is in Genesis 3, you go over to that next chapter, you find that Adam and Eve say, You know, we're pretty good figuring things out ourselves, right? God's holding back on us. I can take care of me. And whenever we do that, you know what happens? Our souls become damaged. Because whenever we disconnect from the breath of life into us, we're disconnecting from life. In him was life, and that life was the light of humanity. Isaiah says it this way, all of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. And like I said, sheep need a shepherd. This is what a sheep looks like without a shepherd. This sheep was lost for six years. It wandered off and it became, it looks like a rock, right? there for a saying it looked like it was just something, it's like, yeah, that was a sheep. That is a sheep. See how it's wool's grown up? Sheep can't, literally cannot take care of themselves. They have to have a shepherd. They have to. Otherwise, they become cast. They'll they'll eventually tip over and they will die. Sheep have to have a shepherd. This sheep, like I said, lost for six years. They fortunately found that sheep just in time because literally it could not move. It was so, it, its wool had grown out so far. You can see them having to carry it where they eventually sheared that sheep and got it back into good health. Sheep need a shepherd. And can I suggest that you need a shepherd? I know, I know, none of us like to think of ourselves as sheep. I'm much smarter than a sheep, right? Better looking, better able to take care of myself. I do a pretty good t- job of taking my, care of myself, right? Right? But do I? I often find myself in places that I didn't mean to wind up. I often find myself on a path that I wasn't supposed to be on. So the truth is that just like that sheep, I need a shepherd. I need the breath of life. I need the breath of God to live in me so that my soul can be complete. Fortunately, fortunately, Jesus tells us that Jesus is the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus points out that not all shepherds are good. There are bad shepherds. And if you think about it, there's a reason why there are bad shepherds because being a shepherd is hard work. I remember uh, reading a book that, that was written by a shepherd and he talked about how his sheep that he took care of were well taken care of, but he had flocks that were in the same region as him that were not well taken care of because their shepherds didn't want to put the effort in that it took. And so their, their sheep would get stolen. Their sheep would get taken by wild animals. Their sheep would get cast. And if you're not out there, like I said, you have 24 hours to find that sheep if it's upside down and it's, it's gone. That means you have to, I mean, that's, that's six days a week, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, you have to be paying attention to your flock. You can't let up your vigil. So it's it's hard to be a good shepherd. But Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Psalms 23, the first three verses lay out what a good shepherd looks like. So let's talk about it. The first attribute of a good shepherd is the good shepherd leads me or lets me lie down in green pastures. This is written by somebody who lived in the Middle East. So you know what the land looks like in the Middle East, right? Green pastures. That that That's what the, this is what the land looks like in the Middle East, okay? That's where those sheep are grazing. So when he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures, one of the things that we often will think of is, at least I have in the past when I read this, I have this picture of, of the shepherd just kind of on this like nice little, you know, Little walk arounds like, hey, there's some green pastures here and there's some green pastures there. And, you know, go ahead and graze, right? No, a shepherd in the Middle East, if they want green pastures, they've got to make green pastures. They have to plow the ground. They have to plant the seed. They have to water it. They have to water it some more. They have to plant some more seed. They have to maintain that pasture. It doesn't happen, the shepherd makes it happen. You follow me, family? A good life doesn't happen. It takes Christ and what he does for us. And it came at a cost to Christ. And the other thing to understand when you think about lying down in green pastures, you see these cute little sheep laying, these are lambs laying down, aw, right? You do know that you can't make a sheep lie down, Right? You cannot, they're not like dogs. They're not, you don't train them, and say, hey, lay down here, sit, stay. Sheep don't do that. You cannot make a sheep lie down. I mean, you can physically pick it up and turn it on its back, but you can't say to it, the reason a sheep will lie down is, is only if it feels safe, well-fed, and well-watered. If it feels safe, well-fed, and well-watered, then it will lay down. So think about what the psalmist is saying. When the psalmist says, he makes me lie down. In other words, he says he's not making the sheep lie down. In other words, he's created an environment that makes that sheep feel safe enough to lie down in that green pasture that the shepherd created for that sheep. And then we hear that he leads me beside the quiet waters, right? Another, another one of them, that, that moment, I, like I said, the shepherd's like, oh, here's a nice little stream. And, and here's, you know, go ahead. There's some still water right here because sheep won't drink out of running water. They won't do it. I don't know why. They just don't. So sheep has to have still waters. Well, I don't know why I never really saw it before this week, but if you read your Bible... This is what still waters look like. In the Old Testament, we read about Moses and Jacob drawing water out of wells, put it into troughs for the sheep to be able to drink from. And so when it says that he leaves me beside still waters, yet again, we find that the shepherd actually has to do something for the sheep. It's not just a, oh, hey, here's some water. The, the shepherd often actually has to go to a well and fill up a trough with enough water to satisfy the thirst of the entire herd. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of effort on the part of the shepherd. I think we really ought to think what that means. Think about Christ when he says he's the good shepherd. Christ puts so much effort into loving us well, to taking care of us Well. Finally, verse three says, he restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for the sake of his name. If you wanna read a really good book about shepherds in the Bible, Kenneth Bailey wrote a a classic called The Good Shepherd. And in The Good Shepherd, Kenneth Bailey suggests that there's another way to, to translate he restores my soul. And that is, he brings me from the wrong path to the right path. Family, salvation is beginning to end Jesus Christ. You do not save yourself. When it says that he restores your soul, that is a work that only he can do. It is not a work that you can do. He finds you on the wrong path and he brings you and puts you on the right path Remember that the video I showed at the beginning with the the sheep. Once it gets turned over, I don't know if you noticed it was a little wobbly because of the gases that build up in the stomach. The sheep are very wobbly; they look drunk or dizzy, and they just they can they can they'll fall over again. Sometimes right back on their back. And so, what will happen is the good shepherd will come along and carry the sheep on his back. Does that look easy? That looks like a shepherd that cares about his flock. We actually physically need the good shepherd to come take us off of the wrong path and to put us back on the right path. Some of us have the idea that we need to find our way back to the right path. The truth is, only the shepherd can pick us up and bring us back to that right path. We need Jesus from beginning to end in our salvation experience. Our only hope as a lost sheep is for that shepherd to come and find us. The good shepherd alone can restore that missing part of our soul. And you know what I'm talking about, that part that everything else is good, but there's just something that's a little bit off. We need the shepherd for that. Otherwise, this is it. Stuck on our back. After first service, I had some, one of our online viewers say, Ken, I appreciated that, but I want to show you who I am. And they sent me this clip. And fortunately, we have an amazing worship pastor who got it for me. So there's a shepherd pulling out of the ditch. Now watch. <laughs> It's worth watching again, right? Let's watch that one one more time. It's funny and it's sad. And if I'm honest, it is who I am. Jesus pulls me out of one jam and I go find my way right back into another. I don't know about you, but I'm really thankful that Jesus is patient. I'm glad that Jesus walks right back down, pulls me out again, and keeps looking for me, keeps caring about me. I'm not saying this is an excuse to go do whatever you want because it's not. It costs, it costs the shepherd something to come and get that sheep every time. And because I love my shepherd, I don't want him to have to do more than he has to. But I'm also confident that I have a shepherd that loves me enough to do whatever it takes for me. And I'm confident that you have that kind of a shepherd too. So like the psalmist, can you say, the Lord is my shepherd? If you can, then you can be confident that you will not want. And some of you are thinking, I have... Love Jesus for a lot of years and there's a lot of things I need and want. Another way you can translate that I shall not want is if you look in the Strong's Concordance, you can translate it, I will not fail. That's another way you could translate it. The Lord is my shepherd, I will not fail. And for me, that changes things just a little bit. I like that because what that means is I may fail over and over again, but in the end, I won't fail. So if you have the good shepherd as your shepherd, if the Lord is your shepherd, you won't fail. And truthfully, you'll go, the longer you go in your relationship, the more you'll realize that the good shepherd is meeting your needs. If the good shepherd is your shepherd, you will be able to lie down in green pastures. You will be able to drink from quiet waters, all of which have been provided by your shepherd. If the Lord is your shepherd, he will restore your soul. He will give you peace when it doesn't seem like there should be peace in the world. And when you struggle to find that peace, you can feel confident that while you might not feel it, the Lord is your shepherd and is with you and is searching for you and absolutely will restore your soul.
2: I love that worship song. Yeah. If it, doesn't bring, if it doesn't bring you to tears, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm, I, I'm, just, I'm speaking for myself. Yeah. I'm right. I'm not trying to be funny. It, okay. it literally brings me to tears. So you know what gyra means, right? I do not know what gyra is, but to me it's like a cry out. You like, when a, when a baby calls out to their father or something, it's like That's gyra. So it's a name uh, that the Bible gives to God and it's, it means provider. Basically, mm. provider. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thanks for the clearance. Now I know. Yes. Now I know. Pastor Kendall, we have a very tough question coming from Aaron. Okay. And, and, and I want to read this question because to me, I, I literally want to hear your response to this. <laughs> okay. It says, how do I stop myself from becoming so angry with God when he seems not to be providing and stop myself raging against him? And thinking he silently watches, and I have to rescue myself.
1: That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. And I, I'm really glad that we're a church where you can ask those kind of questions and feel safe with that. Amen. Um, because um, I don't really have the answer. Um, there's a lot of trite answers that we've trot out, but if you've ever been in a really, really painful place where you, where you felt like God abandoned you and somebody you love died and it was preventable, or um, you lost a job for standing up for the right thing, um, mm. for doing what was right, um, or and there's a long list of things and you, you think, well, where's the good shepherd right now? I, I don't know where that good shepherd is, and I can't give you the answer because I think every person experiences God uniquely. Um, I can tell you what's worked for me, and what's worked for me is the Jacob experience, where Jacob is wrestling with uh, with God. He's wrestling with God. On the uh, banks of the Jabbok River, and um, <laughs> and then God fights unfair, and touches his hip and dislocates it, and so Jacob's having a wrestling match with God. God touches his hip, literally hurts him, and then Jacob basic can't stand. He basically is on down on the ground. In my holy imagination. He's basically got his arms wrapped around God's feet, ankles just hanging on. And Jacob says, I will not let go of you until you bless me. Mm. And for me, the, the places, the dark places in my life where I'm really angry at God, I have just said, you know what? I'm going to Jacob it. I feel like you have broken my hip. I feel like it's your fault that I'm hurting right now. But I am going to hang on to your ankles and I am not going to let go until you bless me. And I'm, I'm just and if that means I die hanging on to your ankles, then that's what it is. I'm, mm-hmm. But I'm going to believe that you are the good shepherd even when everything doesn't feel that way. Um, and that's what's worked for me. But to answer how how can you do, I don't know. For you, you're going to have to decide whether you you are willing to trust God enough to hang on to the ankles with a broken hip. Um, And and it's a hard decision to make. I can tell you from my own personal life experience that God has never failed to bless me in the long run, but but there's been stretches where it was like, like decades where I've been looking for that blessing and, it, and I didn't find it and it took a long time. So um, that's my, uh, that's what I, I guess that's, that's my two cents for you. And I hope as somebody I can sense is, is really hurting right now, I hope that that gives you something to hold on to. And uh, my invitation to Aaron and anybody else who's really struggling is to get in touch with one of our pastoral staff yeah. so we can walk with you. So not judge you, but just walk with you.
2: This is whole life, guys. I mean, bro, (laughs) bro, bro. (laughs) That was the whitest bro of all time, right? Right. I I don't know. Even though I'm Hispanic, though,
1: but bro. (laughs) Yeah, I I already did my best, and that was all
2: I've got. So it's all right, Pastor. I'm more of a dude. (laughs) Okay, right? Yeah. well, my dad was a, hey now. Hey now. Hey now. I like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any
1: we'll other pass- questions
2: or is that, are we, is the well, just. Well, we a, have one more question. Should we save it for podcast or. We can save it for podcast. Well, let you. Tease You're the boss. It. Let's tease it. Let's, let's see what it is. Says, when you read verse three, says, Lead, leads me through the paths of righteousness. That's plural. Hmm. We were always taught that there's only one way to God. So because it says paths, are there many more pathways? <laughs> that is a good one to
1: use in podcast, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's good. Well you have to tune in podcast if you want to hear the answer and we will we will talk about it in podcast. So Tuesday, if you guys I'm telling you it's a blessing Well recorded on Tuesday, it comes out on Wednesday morning.
2: Well, I always listen on Tuesday probably because I'm So you're a week behind then. I'm a, I am a week behind. It's all right. We don't,
1: there's no judgment there. There's no in, judgment, none. but
2: it's my commute home, and I'm telling you, it's a blessing when I'm on my way home. Awesome. Well, thank you. No, Thanks thank for you, hosting. No, thank you, you for having me, job. Pastor Ken. All
1: right. Well, that got heavy there for a second, didn't it? <laughs> Just imagine that sheep again, you know, the one that bounces down, there we go. So um, if you need something to lighten you up there for a second. But I'm glad that we're a church that can talk about real things. These are real things that real people struggle with. And it, it, the, the temptation is often to say, well, just trust Jesus and everything's gonna be okay. And, um, and, I, and I don't wanna take away, it. I mean, yes, trust Jesus, but can we just also admit there can be panic and fear and hurt in that trusting process. And it's not just easy, at least it's not for me. Um, and I sense that it's not that way for you. But uh, like I said, hang on to those ankles. Um, hang on for that blessing. So, did I say something about barn party earlier? A little bit, A little bit. I mentioned it. Okay, It's well, just really important that we know that barn party is next week. Next Saturday, we could really use your help. Um, please invite friends to come. We, we'd love for you to bring some chili. When you're trying to feed 2,000 people, I am going to make a pot of chili. I'm not confident in my feeding the 5,000 with my pot of chili, so if you would add to that, I would appreciate that. Um, also bring some cookies um, if you're like me. Um, there's some Oreos that I tend to buy, um, and just... There you go. There's my baked cookies. There you go. Um, but if you're, if you're more gifted in the kitchen than I am, and you want to make some cookies, that, that would be fantastic. So uh, just show up next week. Also, sign up to help if you haven't already. It's on. The, there's a QR code you can scan. You can just sign up if you're the type like me that just wants to do it in person. There's a booth out there. Uh, but sign up and let us know how you can help. And it only is an hour of your whole time. Unless you want to do the whole time, we won't turn that down either. That, that's up to you. Um, I'm on trash detail and water detail and security. That's my, the things I'm doing next week, just in case you're wanting, you know, ask for security, (laughs) ask for trash detail. Yes. Okay. Anyway. All right. So that's what we've got coming up. And then, uh, next week we continue our series with follow me through the darkest valley. Next week, this is a, an appropriate one. Next week is veterans day. Um, and, uh, and I think it's really important for us to maybe take a minute to talk about some of the dark valleys our, our veterans go through. Um, all of us have dark valleys, but our veterans also have those dark valleys, and so we're going to talk about what it means to go through the darkest valley when the Lord is our shepherd. So come back for that next week. It's going to be um, God's going to speak, so be here for that. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for this time together. We pray that you would bless each one here. And for those, Lord, who are struggling to see you as a good shepherd because they feel abandoned out in the wilderness, I pray that you would reveal yourself. I pray that you would show up, that you would put them back on their feet, that you would carry them where, they're, where that's needed. Help them to feel your love and know that you're loved. And Lord, may those of us who love you be your hands and feet to those who are hurting. We pray in your name, amen. All right, family, I love you. Go love your world.
0: Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.